welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Greetings from Miami, Miami, Florida. I cannot believe that I can say that, that this is where I'm living, but it's the truth and it makes me so happy. And uh, I didn't really broadcast it super crazy loud or often that I was doing this. And so I found that when I got here and started posting that I was here, there were a lot of people in my life who were completely confused and like, what, where are you and what's going on? And um, I didn't really talk about it because there was a part of me that just felt like it was so good. It was too good to be true. And if I talked about it, something would happen that would stop it from becoming the reality. And then I would be devastated. I mean, I was even up until the day I left, the morning that I packed up to leave, I was carrying things up the stairs. I was telling myself, be slow and careful because you don't want to fall on the stairs and break a leg because then you won't be able to go to Miami. (laughs) So, um, but I'm here now and I'm here for six months. I am living in a condo on the beach um, until the end of April and I cannot believe that this is my life. I'm so, so excited to be here. This has been kind of a long time in the making, I guess not long time in the grand scheme, but um, I came to Miami for the first time right after my marriage to G was kind of ending. I had been in Mexico on vacation when everything there kind of fell apart and I needed to make decisions. And so as soon as I got home, I looked for the warmest place in the United States to go at that time of the year, which was in February, and found that the warmest place in the United States in February is statistically Miami, Florida. And lucky for me, Sun Country Airlines from Minneapolis to Miami is a really cheap flight in February. So I was able to fly down for under $60. So I booked it and just got out because I I had to make decisions. I had to try to figure out what I wanted to do at this crossroads in my life. And and I just wanted to get out of the house and then, of course, out of winter. So I arrived in Miami with kind of a mission to figure out really what I wanted to do. My gut kind of told me what I needed to do. But, you know, when you're faced with a really big decision in life, often we don't want to believe what our gut is saying. We want to try to figure out if we really have to follow through with those hard things. So I came down here. Of course, I love the weather. The weather is amazing here. And I just set out to enjoy myself and enjoy the weather and do some thinking, journaling, soul searching. And so I did. And and I also fell in love with Miami Beach. Just there's miles of paved pathway along the water where you can walk or run or bike and I'm a runner so I I would get up and run and find myself in a new area just on that path so it really fit my lifestyle obviously it's hot there are pools everywhere there's ocean everywhere there's Cuban coffee everywhere which I love and so I really fell in love with Miami on that very first trip and just because I was here in this transitionary, transitionary, transitory, transitioning, I don't know. Insert a word that means transition right there. 
I was in this period of time where things were very loud. You know, everything I was looking at seemed like a sign and everything that I felt was big and my heart was broken. And I was looking for direction inside myself and outside of myself. And so it just carried a lot of emotional weight, this town. And one day I went to Wynwood, which is an area here in Miami where they have a lot of public art, specifically the Wynwood Walls, which are just literally these walls in this park area that are painted by different graffiti artists and famous artists. And they're, each one is different. They're very colorful. There's some sculpture. And it's just really a cool area. Very trendy, very hip. They've taken this graffiti idea everywhere and so dumpsters are graffitied walls street signs sides of buildings the whole area is just colorful and vibrant and very artsy and very cool and so I was walking through Wynwood Walls and it was a hot afternoon and so I went into one of the buildings where they also had artwork hanging up to be displayed by the artists that were featured and there was an image that took my breath away and made me weep and it was it was of a woman with a mask over her face and a hood over her head and she was holding a woman a colorful beautiful vibrant woman that was basically dead and the eyes of this woman were haunting me and what it said to me was this woman was masked and covered up and the inner beautiful soul of her was dead and she had a tear And I saw it and it was like a voice spoke to me saying, you know, your soul is colorful and beautiful and amazing and you can't hide and let her die. And I felt in that moment like if I stayed in my home, in my marriage with this alcoholic, I was, I, my soul, the heart of me was going to die. And, and, and up until that time with all the other incidents that had happened, I didn't feel that way. I felt like I could persevere and figure it out. And I always would come back stronger than ever and, and figure out a way to try to make it work. And this time I felt like if I did that, it was death to me, the inside of me. And I stood there and I wept for a long time. Just It was just uh, an image that represented truth. Like This is your future. And I looked into the eyes of this painting of this woman and I just, I said out loud, I promise. And and what I really meant was, I promise that I will not forget you and I will not let my soul die. And it was life-changing because when I would doubt my decision to go on and move on with my life, I would remember that image and that to go backwards would be for my heart and my soul to die. And I wasn't willing to sacrifice any more of who I was for anyone or anything or any reason. And so that trip here, it changed my life. It gave me clarity. I also met my friend Howard, who um, I had never met him before, met him through a mutual friend who said, hey, you're in Miami, my friend is in Miami. Um, Howard spent the day showing me around and then I told him a little bit about what was going on in my life and he looked me in the eye and spoke truth to me. He didn't know me, 
He didn't know me at all. He didn't have any particular skin in the game, but he spoke really hard to hear truth and it penetrated into my soul. So Howard and that painting both, I, I give those two things just so much credit in making that week in Miami life-changing. So that started my love affair with Miami. And I came back um, again last winter and just after I had kind of moved on from my situation and was living by myself and had reclaimed my life and was starting out on my own. And so I came back here and the, the thought that hit my head when I landed was I'm home, which was really weird because I wasn't home. I was on vacation. But then when I have come back in subsequent visits, that is always just this thought that just explodes in my brain when I land at the airport. <sighs> I'm home. And so it feels like home here. So this last year, I thought, you know, I really want to come down for a chunk of time. And, you know, we have the opportunity to work from home at my office. And so I thought, I'm going to ask permission from our partners if I could come down here for a month or two in the winter and just work remotely and spend a chunk of time. And so it was my intent to ask for that permission. Well, then COVID happened and we shut our offices down. And so we all went to a remote working situation. And as the year has gone on, the decision was made that we wouldn't open our office up again until the spring of 2021. And so I came down here to Miami to look for a place and see if I could find something for six months instead of one or two and be here for the duration since I may never have this opportunity again where our office is for sure closed. I can 100% work remotely and I could not spend a winter in Minnesota and keep my job. I love my job. I love my, my firm. I love who I work for. I don't want to leave my job and yet I don't like winters in Minnesota. So I came down here. I found a place. I asked the partners, hey, this is what I found. I'd really like to spend six months in Miami. Is that okay if, if I'm not in the state since we're not open? And they had no issues with it because they're just super rad. And so I signed it and then came down here. So here I am, I'm living in Miami and I am ecstatic. And so my intent is to have Riggin, my perfect little angel doggy with me down here. And I wasn't sure how that was going to work because he's never been on a plane before. And so when I came down here two weeks ago to house hunt, I decided to bring him with. And even previous to that, I had to make a plan because um, I wasn't going to put him in the luggage in the plane because that, no, nobody should do that. I don't even understand how anybody can put their pet and do that. It makes me want to die when I think about that. Um, and so, you know, I thought if there are people who have emotional support parakeets, I'm going to find out how I can make Riggin be my emotional support dog and bring him with me. And so um, if you go online, you can pay a fee and a licensed therapist will ask you questions and certify that you have to have your pet with you in order to be um, emotionally stable. And while that is true, um, I am emotionally unstable and a complete and utter mess when I don't have my dog. I just fake it. I look like I'm okay. Um, really it's the opposite. My dog is a mess without me. And so, but it doesn't work that way. So I got certified that Riggin is an emotional support animal. And then I was able to bring him on an airplane. So he traveled with me down here a couple of weeks ago and oh my gosh, it was just such a crazy, 
It was such a crazy adventure. Regan is scared of a lot of things, and I don't know how it happened because he didn't used to be, but as he's gotten older, and he's only, I think he'll be before here next month, he's only four years old. He, I don't know how he's just turned into a little scaredy cat, a little scaredy dog, but he has, starting with the car. He hates the car. He used to love the car. Now when he's in the car, he has to be on your lap. Or he just sits and shakes and he doesn't like the car at all. And, you know, sometimes you have to go in the car, rigs, So he has to just suck, up, suck it up. But so he doesn't like that. He doesn't like firecrackers, which what, no, no dog does. He doesn't like loud noises. He doesn't like anything that moves quickly. And so I was like, we're going to see how this goes. I booked a flight that had a layover. So in case it was a disaster, it would only be a short amount of time and we could turn around and go back home if we needed to. So... Got to the airport, he was super excited, just totally off the chain, just like pulling and so excited. And so we check our bag, we start walking to the escalator to go to security. And that's when he saw the escalator and saw this big moving thing and was like, oh no, I am not doing that. Well, when you plant your feet, like you're not going to walk anymore, but you're on linoleum and you're a 20 pound dog, nothing happens. It just looks like your owner is dragging you by the neck. So it's pretty funny because you just heard claws on linoleum. So I had to pick him up and carry him, which was fine. And then went through security, which it was really fun because everybody reacted to him because he is so cute. And so I like to talk to people and I like people, but I don't tend to initiate conversation. But Riggin is the ultimate great icebreaker and conversation starter. So already I was excited because... Everybody's just so much nicer to you when you have a little doggy. So we went through security and he was fine. And then we started walking around and that's when he just like was off the chain. He was barking at people. He was pulling. He was just so annoying. So we sat down. We were very early in case there were issues. And he just sat there and cried and wanted to just go run around. And everyone who came nearby, he tried to get to them so that they could pet him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a long day. Because I can't have him crying and barking on the plane. So I was so stressed out. <laughs> but by the time we got on the plane, he had calmed down. So we went to our seat and I sat him down on the floor at my feet. And it was hilarious because he just sat there and watched every set of feet pass. Sniffed every leg as it went past. He was just so curious. And then when the plane started moving, he was really scared. He got scared. He started shaking. He got up on my lap and he just shook like a leaf. Like a leaf. So I just held him tight. He was fine. He did fine. He ended up stopping shaking. And um, and then he did fine. He didn't bark. He didn't cry. So we got off the plane in Chicago for our layover. He immediately peed on a sign, which was mortifying. I had to clean that up. He wouldn't go in the little pet relief areas. I'd take him in there and he was scared. You know, he's scared of everything. There's a little fake fire hydrant for him to pee on. He wouldn't. He was scared of the fire hydrant. So whatever. Got on the next flight. Same thing shook like a leaf, but he got calmer as we got closer. So we landed in Miami or in Fort Lauderdale and got off the plane, went to luggage pickup. He immediately dropped a giant deuce on the ground. So embarrassing, but cleaned that up. I don't know how many people saw it, but it quickly cleaned that up. Took him outside, whatever. So then we got into the rental car. Again, now he's terrified. So he was just, he was kind of a mess. I was his emotional support human that's for sure so um we and then there was a thunderstorm and if there's one thing that my dog hates it's a thunderstorm 
So he was on the back seat of the rental car trying to climb under the seat. I felt so bad. But we got to our Airbnb and uh, he was all excited to get out of the car and we got checked in and then he went nuts. It was really cute. He just let out all of his tension and energy and then he was fine. So it was really fun to have him there. It, it all went fine and I'm like, okay, now I can travel with him. It's not easy, <laughs> but he'll be fine. So I had him, it was really fun to walk with him along the bay. It was fun to see him sniffing lizards and being scared of iguanas. And then eventually I did take him out to the ocean. The sign says no dogs allowed right here at Miami Beach, but someone said, oh, everybody takes their dogs out there. They all break the rules. I'm like, well, if everyone else breaks the rules, I'll break the rules. And Riggs just was fascinated by it. It was really cute. So I'm like, all right, Riggs is going to do fine down here. I can proceed with the plan to bring my little lamby do with me down to Florida. So, and then when we flew back, he was totally different. He was like a pro. He didn't shake. He didn't cry. He jumped right on my lap, just took a little nap. I mean, he definitely still needed to be held, but he was great. So I'm relieved. I think when I fly him back down here, um, he'll be, it'll be another learning curve. He'll have forgotten maybe a little bit, but I'm not worried about it. So I chose to drive down when I moved it down because um, I have a little Miata convertible and I obviously want my car down here. And I chose not to bring rigs because it's a long drive. It's 26 hours if you don't stop. So he did not come with me. I will fly back next week and go get him and fly him back down here. But um, driving down here was something else because it's far, you guys. And I thought that leaving in October was plenty early before winter hit in Minnesota. But coincidentally, the first big snowfall of the year in Minnesota was on October 20th. And that's when my lease here started. So they got like 11 inches of snow at home and I was already gone. Thank God, because a little Miata convertible I'm imagining does not drive on snow well. But um, we had been on vacation. I had been out to Palm Springs and then Seattle got back on Saturday night, and then immediately Sunday, packed up my car and hit the road for Miami. So it was really crazy um, the way the timing worked out. But um, got on the road. It's amazing how little you can fit in the trunk of a Miata convertible. Very little. Um, but took off. I made it to Louisville on Sunday. Got in super late. I chose to stay over in Louisville because Randy used to work in Louisville and he had left a whole bunch of things there in his cube, not knowing he wasn't coming back because when Corona quarantine happened, they just pulled him off the road. And so I was able to stop there and they ran out to me his running shoes and his salad chopper. It's now my salad chopper and his coffee mug. So it's now my coffee mug. Um, anyway, so then Monday I made a big push to get in. So I got in at two o'clock in the morning. It was such a long drive. It wouldn't have taken so long, except I drink a lot. So I had to stop a lot. My car's gas tank is small. So I stop a lot. I drink a lot of coffee. So I had to stop a lot. And, um, my legs would like fall asleep because my car is not meant for distance driving. So I'd have to stop a lot. So I legit stopped almost every hour. It took me 31 and a half hours to make the drive. But anyway, I was thinking, I may not, I was thinking, you know, if I fly back, I could rent an SUV and drive down again with more of my things because this apartment is furnished, but you know, I could bring my own things like my desk and my bike and all of that. Well, it was about 10 hours into the drive that I'm like, no. 
I am already dreading driving back in April. I am not driving this again. So that idea went out the window. There is nothing that I can't live without. <laughs> so, but I am flying back next week so that I can vote and um, pack some more things in my luggage because, you know, there are just various things that I didn't think about that I could use, like um, screwdrivers. I bought a desk when I got here and I had to put it together. And so I put this thing together with a kitchen knife, which I'm very proud of because, you know, where there's a will, there is a way. I would have used a fingernail clipper if I'd had to or a tweezer, just anything to make a Phillips screw turn. But the kitchen knife worked really well. So I put this whole thing together with a kitchen knife. So, you know, you can do hard things. Anyway, so I'm all settled here in Miami and I just, I do the same thing here that I do at home. I work all day and I work out and I cook food, eat food and go to bed. And so it's just awesome to do those things in 80 degrees and while I'm looking at the ocean. Where I set up my desk, I look at my computer screens and then I just have to turn my eyeballs to the right and I can see the ocean right outside my balcony. So it's, it's super rad. So I encourage you, if there's something that you want to do and it, your heart is just crying out for it, sometimes you can find a way and sometimes the world just, the circumstances come together. This whole thing, this Corona thing sucks and I hate it and nobody was madder about it than me, really, truly. Um, but it ended up being the thing that made this possible. I don't think that they'd have ever shut down our office for this long. And I don't know that I would have ever been able to come down here for a whole winter and keep my job. So I am super fortunate. And that is one of the silver linings of Corona. So if you're in a similar situation where you're working remotely, look around you. Where, why do you have to stay where you are? I just encourage you to imagine getting out of Dodge. Have you noticed at the grocery store that the protein bar section has just become a whole aisle? Protein bars are a huge industry and they're a staple in your diet if you are trying to hit your protein goal, you're following a specific diet plan. So many of us use protein bars to supplement as snacks, as desserts, or just to get that extra protein bump. What you won't find in the grocery store are Built Bars. Built Bars are available online at builtbar.com. There are 18 different flavors, and these are unlike any protein bar that you have had before, I promise you. The texture is what sets them apart. They're a chewy nougat covered in 100% real chocolate. They have 18 flavors, and they have built bars that have nuts and built bars that do not have nuts. So the calories vary depending on the flavor you choose, but they all have between 17 and 19 grams of protein, and all of them are under 180 calories. My favorite flavor for sure is raspberry, which is a raspberry nougat covered in amazing dark chocolate. Warm it up in the microwave for about 15 seconds, and I eat it as dessert. It's delicious. Randy's favorite is cookies and cream. It's amazing, a, a delicious chocolate flavor, also really good warmed up. The cookies and cream, 130 calories with 17 grams of protein and only four grams of sugar. So these are really great if you're low carb, if you're watching your sugar intake, but you need that protein bump. I highly recommend that you give them a try. You can use my code DESTINATIONBEGIN for 10% off. They have free shipping on all of their orders, and they also offer shipping protection for under a dollar that will make sure that your protein bars do not melt in transit. Highly recommend that. So give them a try today. They have a 100% money-back guarantee, but I promise you're going to love them. So when I was looking at condos a couple weeks ago, 
there were two in this building that I looked at. This one was in my price range and the other one was not, but you know, like any good agent will do. She showed me this one. This one is furnished, but like the furniture is very corporate looking. It's black pleather. The coffee table is glass. The couch is just gray. It's just very blah, but it's 683 square feet, which um, is way more space than even I need. I mean, I, I sit at my desk at my computer and do my work. I sleep in a bed. I cook food in a kitchen. I use the bathroom. Like I don't need space for anything else. But anyway, so I looked at this one and it was fine. Then we went up downstairs and looked at one that was 900 square feet. The difference was it had a deluxe bathroom and another half bathroom. And then it was beautifully decorated. And I mean, beautiful light fixtures and like comfy rugs. And it was just really stunning. And it was about... 30% more expensive than this one and a little out of my price range. Whereas this one was kind of at the low end of my price range. So of course I wanted the other one, but when it came down to it, I'm like, you know, if they can't come down to what my price range is, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Um, so, and they wouldn't, but then I'm like, we'll see how low I can get the, the other one. And so anyway, I ended up getting a steal on it and I was so glad I, I did it anyway, because I, I'm under budget and then it's been fun to decorate it a little bit. I gave myself a small budget because I drove down here. I didn't bring a lot of my things, but I gave myself a small budget since I came in under budget to just get some things that would make it my own that I wouldn't necessarily, you know, want to ship down here. So I have a point, I promise. <laughs> um, I would always... I would always up until today say I'm terrible at decorating. It's not my thing. It's not my, I'm just not good at it. And I would always say that. But when I look at my last apartment that I had in Minnesota, um, I loved it and I decorated it and it was so cute. And everyone who came in there said it was really cute. And I thought, well, I just got lucky because I happened to find things that worked and it was a small space. It's always easier to decorate in a small space. So I just thought that was a one-off, right? And then I came here and I'm I'm basically decorating this to look exactly like that place as far as colors. It's black and glass and gray. And I'm adding silver and white and pink, which is what I add to everything to make it Kristen. Anyway, um, so I'm sitting here looking around me and it is so cute and it's so comfy. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually good at this. I can no longer say I'm bad at decorating. Now, I would be bad at decorating if you were like, hi, here's a blank space and I need you to make it look bohemian. I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But when it comes to knowing what resonates with my own heart and soul and like making a space look like the inside of my guts, not not literally, but like, like if you tore me open and looked at what my soul looked like, it would be pink and sparkly. There'd be some Britney Spears music playing softly the movie Elf would be on in the corner um, and there'd be like furry, fluffy things and shiny things. So I'm really getting good at bringing all of those aspects into my space. So anyway, um, it's come together really nicely and I've been settling in and um, the first week here was just kind of interesting, an interesting journey in my brain because I 
I'm so happy to be here and so excited. And it, I found that whenever I would walk outside of my apartment and be like outside in the common areas or on the street, I really felt from the minute I got here very um, intimidated. Like everyone who saw me would just know that I didn't belong here or think I didn't belong here or think, oh, is that the girl who won the contest who gets to live here? But normally she would normally never get to. Just that kind of a feeling. Like I didn't, almost like I wanted to raise my hand and be like, no, really, look, really, I, I paid for my condo and and um and it's not great and it doesn't have the best view, but um, but I get to live there and some of us have to be the bottom rung of the ladder. And like I just found this dialogue in my head playing it small and playing it down and making sure that I wanted to everyone to know that I knew that I was less than them. And it really startled me. I haven't I haven't felt that way ever in my life. I've just never been I've never been in that mental space and it sh- surprised me. It shocked me. It surprised me. That's a combination of surprise and shock. Surprised. There's a new word for you, write it down. So I had that feeling going on, plus a lack of sleep because I got in and I was so tired because I've been driving. And then I went to the gym here for the first time. And if you follow me on Instagram, you saw all this play out in my stories. But I went down there and, you know, I'm just now starting a lifting program so that I can be on stage next year in a physique competition, a bikini physique competition. And I have a lot of work to do. And so I'm starting out now to try to build muscle. So I'm lifting nearly every day. And, but I mean, I have a long way to go, like a long way to go. I'm 42. I haven't been focusing on building muscle. I've been doing cardio type workouts for several years and just kind of staying in shape. But as far as building a physique, I haven't worked on this in forever. So I already feel very intimidated in the gym because I feel so far behind where I need to be. But I walk in there and there's this woman who is absolutely just ripped. Like her body is incredible. She's got this really great set of glutes and uh, I mean arms and abs for days. She's she's beautiful and just I mean she's clearly um someone who has been a a physique competitor or something like that. There's just no way anyone walking around a normal life looks like that unless they have been doing this for a very long time. So, I saw her, I'm working out, I'm nearby her and I'm freaking out because every time I look in the mirror as I'm doing a movement starting out, she's nearby. She was doing the same types of movements too. It must have been her shoulder day. And you know, she's doing them with precision and she looks amazing and I just I tanked so hard in my head. I just, every moment I was in the space with her, I just started to feel worse and worse about myself. I was comparing my muscles to her, comparing my shape to her, my skin tone. I mean, things that aren't even like controllable. Like she's clearly from like somewhere exotic. She has an accent. Now I know that. I don't know where she's from originally, but she's exotic and, you know, olive skin and black hair. And, you know, I'm... Scandinavian, you know, I'm like from Minnesota and I'm, I'm not really blonde, but you know, like this uncontrollable stuff. I'm sitting here like down on myself 
So I finished my workout and left. And I tried to cop to it right away to just own it and be like, wow, I've really got to never compare myself to people ever again because I felt good going in there. I had a cute workout outfit on. I was ready to slay my shoulders. Hadn't worked out in a couple of days. And I left feeling like a defeated loser who shouldn't even bother. And that was all because my brain decided that she was a better person than I was. And I was fully convinced of it for a few seconds. I fought it, but it was hard. And um, it was really hard. And then the next day I went into the gym at a different time because I didn't want to see her get shoes there again. And it was late morning and I had to kind of hurry up. And so I was tripping on myself, dropping things. I was nervous. I couldn't focus. I just thought, man, like I've got to, I've got to get over this. This is ridiculous. So a lot of effort went in to just trying to stop thinking about her, but I was a huge piece of my mental space was just really consumed with this. Who is this hot, amazing chick in my building, in the gym? Um, I cannot work out next to that for the next six months. So the next night I went in and she was there again. And um, this time I was texting with my friend Amanda and, and I just said, like, she's here and I'm so stressed out because she's so perfect and I want to talk to her, but I, I'm terrified, but I, like, she's so beautiful and I want to know like if she was a competitor and Amanda's like, what's wrong with you? Talk to her. Why are you being stupid basically? <laughs> so this chick comes over near where I am and I just blurted out. I said, are you a competitor? And she's like, oh, no, I used to be. And uh, I said, bikini? She said, yeah, I, I stopped competing in 2018. Um, I said, have you ever been to Olympia? Which is like the pinnacle of, of competitions for physique competitions. She's like, yeah, it only came in 14th. And I'm like, uh, only? Only 14th in the world. Only. She said the word only. So I was like, uh, okay. Only. I mean, I just was blown away that she sold, she would sell herself that short. Um, but anyway, so I said, well, I'm just getting started. You look amazing. Um, and she's like, thanks. And she said, my name is Anita. And I said, Kristen, I just moved here. So I immediately left, came into my apartment to Google the list of winners and the finalists for the 2017 Olympia. And I found her, uh, Anita Herbert. And she has two and a half million followers on Instagram. And she writes workout programs and challenges to help people get into shape. She's got this really cool app and really cool fitness program. So she is someone who has made a full-time career out of fitness. And it really just hit me hard when I saw all of her things to be like, you know what? She's doing something that she can do. I can't do this. For me to compare myself to her is like me comparing myself to a dentist or a doctor or a truck driver or an electrician like, why would I get all in my head? When I see an electrician, I don't spend the rest of the day hating myself for not being able to wire a chandelier. Like, I don't, I don't do that. I'm like, well, 
that person does that and I do this. But when it comes to this outward physique thing, my brain just blows up. Not blows. It doesn't always blow up. But in this case, it really did. And it really just, just like a big spotlight was shining on this belief system in my head that I am not good enough. And I used to believe I was enough. But starting to train for this physique competition, I realized now instead of comparing me to simply being better each day, I've got this big lofty goal and my brain immediately does this dance that I think a lot of people's brains do to say, I'm not there yet, so I'm nothing. So instead of enjoying this journey, instead of showing up to every workout and working out hard and enjoying the little taste of progress, I had already decided somewhere in my brain without even realizing it that I had decided I was not valid anymore until I step on a stage next year, super long time from now. And I didn't even realize that that was the case until I stood next to someone who has climbed that mountain. She has built her body. She has competed. She has competed so much she stopped competing and moved on to something else. I'm standing at the base of a mountain and whining that I'm not already at the top with those who have spent years climbing the mountain. And I had no idea that I just basically thought I'm a failure until I reach the top. That goes against everything that I believe in and everything that I preach to all of the people and teach to all my clients. What I believe is there's joy in the journey and that you don't have to wait till you achieve something to find joy. I need to find a way to look in the mirror and celebrate every single muscle I have and to celebrate every rep Every time I pick up a heavy weight and put it down, every time I make a little bit of progress, that is where I need to be focusing, not on everyone else who's already there and not on this idea of who I'll be when I'm there. Who I am today is all that matters and who I am creating myself to be just in five minutes from now is all that I need to worry about. So all of that to say, I've been here for a week and I was very unprepared for how I would react to being in a completely different environment. There's a lot of power in taking yourself out of everything familiar to you because it's uncomfortable. As much as I love to come down here and I'm so excited to be here, it's uncomfortable to be completely and totally a stranger to everything, every environment, every place. And for me, it brought up a lot of insecurities and it brought up a lot of things that um, I'm not proud of. But when that happens, we have the opportunity to grow and really be honest with ourselves or take the easy route. And, you know, with this woman, my first thought was to discredit her in my mind. Like, well, you know, I'm 42. She's young. Of course, she can look that good. Of course, she's got all these tools and she's probably rich and she's probably married to somebody who's got money. So all she has to do all day is work out. I mean, I went there, right? I went there. I'm ashamed to say, but it was all because I was looking at her and seeing that she had put in work that I have not put in. And it's so easy for us as human beings to instead just simply recognize that we are in a different place or we have work to do It's a lot easier to just pull them down to our level in our heads so that we feel better. 
instead of just being very honest and saying, you know what, I have work to do and this woman has earned what she has. If she hasn't, well, it's not my business (laughs) and I need to earn what I have and what I want. So I tell you, getting out of your own environment, it lets you see parts of yourself that maybe otherwise you wouldn't see. I, I don't know that I would have seen that part of myself so clearly at this point in my, of my journey if I hadn't come here and hadn't have had this experience just in week one. Oh my gosh. So it's always learning, learning, growing, growing. And guess what? It always starts with having to be very honest with yourself. It's hard for me to admit on this podcast that those are the thoughts I had about her. I feel really bad that I made all those terrible assumptions about this person. Um, And I I hope that I do that less and less as I get older and wiser. So that's all I have for you on this uh, Miami wish you were here postcard edition of the podcast. Um, Starting workouts in the park here tomorrow. I'm excited to get back to teaching fitness classes and getting to share my love of movement to music in the outdoors with people here in Miami. Um, as I said before, I'm going back to Minnesota to vote. I hope that each and every one of you will exercise your privilege in, in this country to cast a vote. Um, do your research. I know that obviously we know that there's a couple of people pre- running for president, but your ballot has all kinds of people on it and all kinds of roles typically. And I don't know about you, but I don't automatically know everything there is to know about all of these people. I sometimes recognize their names, especially when it comes to local offices. So take a little time. I encourage you to go online and do some research on the people that are going to be on your ballot. You can look at your ballot ahead of time and really um, go in knowing who you want to vote for and why. It's very important that we all um, vote our conscience and what we believe is the best thing for our communities and our country. So happy voting everyone and I will talk to you real soon thanks for listening and thanks for being a part of my little podcast family I'd love to hear from you individually if you have something you want to say suggest argue or if you have podcast topic ideas or just simply want to talk about your personal weight loss and health and fitness goals you can email me Kristen at destinationbegin.com You can always find me on Instagram too. I'm posting there all the time. That is destination underscore begin. And you can also just check out my website, destinationbegin.com.